Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. You are listening to Your Life Now Radio Show. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. So pleased and so grateful for each one of you guys for listening to the show live, archived, for downloading the show, supporting the show on iTunes, the Stitcher app, and of course, here on Block Talk Radio. Thank you, and I'm always grateful for you guys. So, um, you know, just a quick intro. I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. And as you know, it's a professional coaching training. And also we do a lot of PR and media promotion for our guests here on the show. So welcome. And uh, I'm going to say my intention before we get we dig right into today's show. As always, my intention of doing a show, as always, is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire it's really all up to you so all I ask of you is to have an open mind and an open heart take what is useful uh, from the show and uh, see if it helps you in your life and that's all it takes so I thank you for being you know there and listening and for having an open mind and open heart and remember it's your life so why don't you live it your way and uh, again if for more information on us here on the show make sure you visit our website at www.yourlifenow.info again that's yourlifenow.info and uh, we're gonna take a short break and when we come back And we will get right into our special show for today. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to Your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live or archive. I do appreciate each one of you. This is a really special show today. Uh, we're looking back on 2014 and we are featuring, you know, some of the best of the best guests on the show uh, in the month of December. I can't believe it's December 4th. Who can believe that? So anyhow, so what we decided here on the show at Your Life Now is to pick some of the great guests that we had here who really contribute to the show. So I, you know, if you are one of those guests, I like to thank you for your contribution to the show. I am always grateful and happy you chose to be part of our show. Wishing you love, health, joy, and prosperity. 
now and every moment thereafter. I want to wish you happy holiday from my family to yours. So our today's pick for our special show, two amazing ladies that came in on a different time and shared a lot of great information with us. Our first guest for this today's show is Miss Beverly Fells-Jones, the author of Christianity, the Law of Attraction, and the One Command. And the second amazing lady and amazing guest is Patty Gogotak, the author of A Change of Habit, A Spiritual Journey from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vodka. So we're going to start with Miss Beverly Fells-Jones. So enjoy the show. So today we are talking about the law of attraction again, but we're talking about it from a different point of view with my guest, Beverly Fells-Jones. It's my pleasure to introduce her to you guys, and she is living a blessed life as a life coach, trainer, presenter, and author of two successful books. Beverly helps others to learn and apply an active meditation technique to their life desire, enable them to realize real change mentally and physically. She uses a proven process that taps into the alpha and the theta brainwave state of mind. You will learn how to become master of your own destiny. Beverly helps to empower you to change your negative mental programming and replacing it with neutral voice, thus programming your mind to success and opening your potential to create a new reality for yourself. She is certified hypnotist, certified one command practitioner and instructor, and certified Selva Ultramind ESP instructor. We'll have her explain to us a little bit more about that. So please help me welcome our guest, Beverly Bells John. Welcome, Beverly. Thank you so much for joining us, my friend. Well, thank you for having me, Raya. This is indeed a pleasure. Oh, the pleasure is mine. So thank you for making the time to be here. Thank you. It's always my pleasure to have the opportunity to talk to great hosts like yourself and, and your audience because, you know, I really like getting the word out that the law of attraction really does exist. Well, you know, let's start out. Yes, so true. True to that, and I'm into that. The law of attraction. I mean, you know, the buzz of the secret, the movie, the book, and all the stuff, and people start, most people start to get a little grasp of um, the concept of the law of attraction. But you and I, we know there's other laws out there that they also command our life, and uh, unless we are aware of them, they basically, they're in charge, so is the law of attraction. On this show, I just wanted to let you know, Beverly, we had spoken about this topic many times. We had experts like Michael Luzier, who, who his book, The Law of Attraction, basically, that's the name of the book, who got him to be Canadian author, um, who, you know, um, talked very intensively about the law of attraction from one point of view. We also had, I'm trying to remember how many guests that we had on the show that had mentioned also the topic of the law of attraction. So we know it exists. We know it's there, but some people said it does not work. Some people don't believe in it. Some people deny the fact that, that we are living under certain laws of the universe, whether, you know, you are Christian or you are a spiritual person or whatever 
religion you follow and and the show is not about religion so we want to make sure you know even the book it is about you know it it says the title christianity the law of attraction the one command i wanted to make sure you know that our listeners understand we are not talking religion here right beverly first right right okay. we are not talking religion because <laughs> okay there's two topics i would ever discuss on this show politics and religion yes. uh because yes. we all have a different opinion and it's just an opinion so i will just leave it to that but we're here to provide some information and broad people's mind. Like I, you heard me from the introduction, you know, just to have an open mind and open heart. If something already exists, what is it? What is the law of attraction from your point of view and from your knowledge and expertise? Well, from my point of view, basically, it is whatever you give out, you're going to re- it's going to come back to you. It's how you think. So your mindset, how, the way you think, the things that you think about most about in your life is going to be reflected in your life. So if you think everybody is bad, if you think that people are out to get you, you will find a whole bunch of folks out to get you. If you think that you're poor and it's hard to make money, you, that's the way things are going to be. But if you start thinking in a in a way of saying, you know, money flows to me easily and effortlessly, then things will happen. You will find ways where money will start flowing to you easily and effortlessly, whether you find a better job, you know, you, you hit the lottery, whatever it may be. We never know where it's going to come from. We never know how it's going to show up. But the idea is, you think about it, and you think about it long enough and often enough, it's going to show up in your life. Well, that is absolutely true, but I come from a school of also, you know, backing up with action and really tune into the, you know, I mean, as a coach and, you know, yourself too. Um, you know, if if an idea will remain an idea, a dream will remain a dream until it's followed up. So, like, Napoleon Hill, we know, like, in history, right, all these, like, big guys who really understood the concept, right? And we hear it mm-hmm. all the time. We hear the word, what goes around comes around, like you mentioned in your book. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all these things have a truth to them. But we really don't think about it. And I just want to emphasize, and I've said it on this show before with other guests, you cannot just sit around wishy-washing and expecting things to happen and land in your life in your lap because that's why most people say it doesn't work right because they don't understand the concept so please elaborate on that okay well that that's true and that's what i said people and things or ways will show up in your life ideas will show up in your life but you do have to act on them that's what i refer to as inspired action There are times when we go through a process where we've got to figure it out all on our own. But when we're looking and making use of the law of attraction or we're making use of the laws of the universe, they and and it's very hard sometimes for me to, to explain how it happens, but I've had it happen to me in such ways that, I can hear this voice say, go do this, go Mm -hmm. do that. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I don't do it. And what happens is something negative will happen. Or if I do do it, it's like, oh, it took me right where I needed to go. I found that book I was looking for. I was, you know, I was wanting to do this. And sometimes I talk about it as being I have a private secretary that goes out and looks for what I need and then leads me to the place I need to go to pick it up but I still have to go do it. Right? Exactly. So that's the inspired action, understanding and knowing what the voice is 
that says, go do this. You know, and so a lot of times I'll ask myself, is that me or is that the voice? And by my studying and, and helping others study, people start learning what the voice is. For me, it's like thinking, and I think on the right side of my head, and that's the voice. But if I hear it or feel it on my left side of my head, that's me. And You know what? And, you, you, what? I mean, yeah, that's so true because I'm, I'm thinking about what you just said because, I mean, I can, I can call several, several things that had happened in my life that law attraction really, you know, was I was witnessing all the stuff, right? I mean, same thing mm-hmm. where an opportunity showed up. But unless you're really present, unless you are aware of what's going on, those things, they come and fly by you. They like, they, you won't even notice them. And I call them, you know, your gut feeling, your intuition, your solar plex, mm-hmm. your, you know, these are coming from the inside, that voice within. You got to listen to it. And then ask the question, like you said, you know, is this to my, for my highest good? Am I supposed to take action? Am I supposed to do yeah. something with it? But never ask about the how, because the how is what gets us stuck. Right. The idea, though, is is, is I, I, give, I have an example, which I still have to write about, is that you it also works when you pay, you don't pay attention to it. It was... I was working on uh, my kitchen, and I had my daughter go out and get something out of the out of the back of the truck. And I kept hearing, "Go check the truck." I think she left it open, and I'm going, "No, she didn't." You know, and I and it it came again. I said, "Naima, did you leave? The, did you close the back of the truck up?" Yes, I did. And then it again, it came to me and says, "Go check your truck," and I didn't. Well, the next morning I came out and. Um, it had been broken into, and it had broken into because the truck was unlocked. So I was being warned to go out and lock my truck, and I and I ignored it. So that's an example of, you know, I know for me it's like mm-hmm. three times. I'll hear it three times, and then if I don't act on it, then that's on me, right? Right, but exactly. But I've been told three times how to, do, you know, something, you need to you need to do something here. You need to act on it. Well, you know, it comes with practice, and I have to tell you, I've been practicing this for many, many years, right? And I was never good at it because I was one of those people who really, I was in in a, in a what do they call tunnel vision, you know, like where I walk through, you know, next to somebody and I would not see you, right? Like, I know what you look like. I know who you are. I'm just like, and most people really operate on that concept of like a self-hypnosis, like constantly, mm-hmm. like from the minute they wake up. To the minute they go to sleep, they're not conscious of what's going on. Be conscious of what you're putting on. Really, you got to be conscious. I don't think things happen instantly like Miss Brian, is it, with the lady from A Secret? I mean, we don't have to be really scared or Michael Beckwith, Reverend Michael Beckwith. He talked about this. Right. It's not about us, like, getting so scared about our thoughts, right? But when we witness our thoughts, that's, that's the difference. You witness your thought. Right. You discard what's not working. Just say, oh, cancel it out, Right. And then say, what else can I bring in here that is really meeting what I want instead of focusing? Because, and that's what I love about your book. You really kind of, you know, simplify, you know, what other teacher had talked about before in the past, you know, about the law of attraction and all the universal law. And then putting it in a simple way. Um, so I really do appreciate, you know, you sharing your, um, your book with us. And I highly recommend that people check it out. And, uh, but it, it's, 
it's amazing, right? I mean, it's like it would be like facing us right there. It hits you right in the face. Yeah, we've been taught so long to just yeah. and expect, accept things as they are. But one of the right. things I teach my clients, and I have them have a journal during your day, but then right. I have them take one additional step. Okay, this happened during your day. When was the first time you thought about it? I mean, even in passing, even if it was the you wanted something special to eat, what when did you think about it in passing? And and I'll talk about people who have issues with with weight control, right? And they wonder why they're hungry or why did they have this desire for this one thing? And so I give the example of one day I was out. And I said, I wanted French fries. And I went, nope, I don't want any French fries. don't need any French fries. And then a little later, I was thinking, passing by one of those fast food places. And I just kept thinking about French fries most of the day. And then one evening, that evening, I was up late, and I had the strongest desire for French fries, and I made them. And as I was sitting there eating them, and I remembered, I said, you concentrated on French fries during this day. And therefore, your subconscious said, you want french fries. I'm going to give you the desire so much that you want it. Exactly. And You're going to run by I every know single place. <laughs> yeah, and that may sound like a very simple thing, <laughs> or, or something that people wouldn't even associate the thinking about the french fries earlier in the day. But, see, I've become so cognizant of what words come out of my mouth and when and 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 then what shows up later, and so right. that's such a small thing in people's lives. Right. But when people say, "Well, I can't get the car, I can't get the job," I said, "You need to. We need to start looking at the little stuff, and let's right. work on a little changing those and having your mind concentrate on those. And as you get that under control, then we can start looking at something a little bigger and a little bigger. But you have to build your faith, your belief exactly. level." Because right. you've got to believe that you're going to receive it before it shows up. and But until you are able to have a belief level that's strong, then, yes, there's going to be some difficulty and doubt will creep in. And so now you've got to suppress the doubt and make that change. Yeah, that's so true. You know, it's it's I actually, you know, um it, I mean, we come from the same, you know, um school of thoughts and training that we do with our clients. But you know, the cause and effect are so important. And then we fo- we focus so much on the effect that we're never going to solve anything, right? Because I mean, it's not about, you know, drama. I mean, I, I always look at, you know, life, and I mean, I learn something new every single day. You're teaching me something new right now, and I constantly learn, and life is always teaching you something. But you've got to be oh, able yeah. to process what you learn, right? But then when I think yeah. about it, I, said, I look around, and I see how people, I'm not here judging people, because you know what? I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm far from being perfect. I've been in that place, but I'm a little bit more awake. I'm more conscious. I'm more deliberate, and I've done my training, and I continue to do my training in my mind. To think differently, not to accept things just because someone said it is or something it is, you know, because most of the time, a lot of these things that happens in our life, if it's not all of it, it's our own doing. We've done it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, when we focus on the drama, we create more drama. And we will focus on all the negativity in our life, you know, like our mental mind and how we think. It really drives our action, and then therefore it drives the life that we live. Let's talk a little bit more about your book here. 
Christianity, the law of attraction, and the one command. So let's talk about All this right. one because that's what we, yeah. What inspired you right. to write this book? Well, the I found the book, The One Command, and I started studying with that. But before that, yes, I read The Secret. And then from The Secret, I went to um, Esther and Jerry Hicks and, <laughs> and the Abraham series. And as I yes. was reading that, I kept saying, because Esther channeled Abraham, I just kept feeling I couldn't listen to it. I couldn't do that. My Christian upbringing said, no, you can't do that. But I kept hearing, listen to the message, not the messenger, because the message was what was important, not how it was being given to me. Then I found the one command and, and really fell in love with that, and we'll talk about what that is in a bit. But one of the things, and when I talk to other people or I meet people, if they were of the Christian faith, they couldn't feel that they could actively talk about doing the law of attraction or anything that was remotely related to metaphysics. And so what happened was I started looking at scriptures and and researching scriptures. And as I researched, even more showed up where a minister would show up and give me more scriptures on, on actually what is being said in the metaphysical world is actually all in the scriptures, been there forever. People just didn't recognize that it was there. And that's because of terminology. So that's what inspired me to write the book and say, look, you hear about this law of attraction, you think you can't do it because you think it's metaphysical, but here are all the scriptures throughout this, the, you know, the Bible that are saying the exact same thing, but in a different way. But in way. a different way, right? Mm-hmm. You know, let me share something with you that I've never shared on this, but it seems like appropriate to share right now. You know, I I, I went through the same, you know, like that's why I was laughing because I felt like you and I were like went through the same process, right? So I got introduced to the secrets and then I got introduced to all the stuff that there was like, you know, um, um, Esther and, and, and Jerry and uh, um, Charles Honnell and, and, and Robert, you know. So it was like all these people that they mentioned in the, in, 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 uh, in the movie, The Secret. I went out and I mm-hmm. researched every book, right? So I went through this process. But I have to tell you something that you mentioned that kind of like, you know, wanted me to share that. I bought the audio book of uh, um, one of Esther and Jerry's, um, uh, I think, Asking Asha. I can't remember which one. Asking is given? Asking is given, right. And I have to tell you, and that was years ago, and then I, I listened to it, and it's the same thing. It did not match, like, you know, what I was brought up and, you know, whatever. And it gave me weird feelings, like, oh, channeling through, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, and, and all this stuff is, like, well, it was too creepy for me. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And so you know what I did? I listened to it, but it didn't get it. I didn't get it. And, like, the same thing. Like, there's a message, right? There was a lot of messages. Right. And so right. I took that audiobook back to Barnes and Noble. I did not return it. You know what I did? I went to their, you know, they mm. have Starbucks and most Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. I left it on one of right. the tables and I said, hopefully somebody will pick it up as a gift from me. I spent $40 uh-huh. something on that audiobook and left it because I couldn't keep it. I wasn't yeah. ready. Okay. You know what they say? Yeah. The student appear when the te- I mean the teacher appear when the student is ready. I wasn't yes. ready. It was really strange, but I, I really had to share that because I felt like, you know, because it was like, yes. now I have all their books. And it wasn't until the 2000s that it started resonating and and having a real effect on me. And it's like, I don't remember reading that. That was in there. <laughs> so 
it's like you you have a whole new perspective when you so go true. back and read things again. Yes. So it's true. I mean, it's 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 so strange. But that's again, you know, we 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 the reason we bring in all the stuff and you're talking about this, I'm sure. And correct me if I'm wrong. It's for you to realize the power of your mind, the power that you you know that you contain within you. I mean, it's it's crazy how much we can when we open ourselves up. How much we can like oh, yeah. you know receive? Is it isn't it wild? I mean, it's just like how how much is available? I mean, things just happen. People show up. I mean, I have to. Tell, I don't want to talk about all this right now because I got tons <laughs> of stories that I can share with you. I'm sure you do too. Yes. Well, one of the things that I also do, and 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 here's one of the things they don't know about me is that I'm a per- computer person, and I was a debugger. I debugged. Uh, mainframe programs for two major companies, right? And so the idea was I'm a researcher, and I dig. And so I wanted to know, well, why does this work? And that's when I started looking at uh, quantum physics and Mm -hmm. looking at what the scientific world has done and the idea that we are all energy, which I know most of your audience has already heard, is the fact that mm-hmm. we are made up of energy and that our thoughts are energy. But just think of your thoughts as being radio waves. So mm-hmm. even though you're thinking about them, they don't stay within you. They are being broadcast out as a radio wave. Now think mm-hmm. of the air around us as a sea. And so that radio wave is going into the air, and now it is going out, and everybody else gets that radio wave. I've, and it's like when people say, well, I was just thinking about you, and you picked up the phone and called me. And I go, oh, you sent out, so you sent out the radio wave, because I think of that as we're able to access somebody's direct number, like they have a cell phone number, but it's a mental number, mm-hmm. you know, that you dial when you're thinking about them. So just think of the, the mental thoughts as waves or broadcast. And when you're thinking about something, you're broadcasting it out to the entire world, all three billion or how many million, billions of people at a subconscious level, and I know this is, is can be really wild, but everybody gets it. So mm-hmm. when you're quest mentally, it's like, oh, Oh, Beth needs that. Well, is there something I can do? Well, I need to roll the ball down the street so it pumps into this, which, you know, it's like setting up the dominoes. Mm -hmm. And these things happen, and all of a sudden that person shows up that you need. Uh, I just did a post on my blog about a computer chip that I needed. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it, and I said, I forgot to ask the guy where it was. And one week later, I was in a laundromat doing some laundry, and a guy walks in, and we started a conversation, and I noticed he had a truck, and I talk about his truck, and he, all of a sudden he says, a friend of mine just had a performance chip put in his truck. And it was like all I said to myself was, thank you. I was brought to that particular, because I'd never been to that laundromat before. I was out camping again, and I needed to do some laundry. So it was a place that I would never be before. And this person came in at the right time to tell me what I needed yeah. to go research this chip. That's because you was. dialed in to the right channel. Because you write yeah. your, your your radio was set to the right channel. I mean, it's it's so right. crazy. I mean, if you think about it, but simplify it, right? I'm right. all about simplifying yeah. things, not amplifying it. 
If you think about right. your preference when you're listening to radio, right? If a, if a channel yes. annoys you, do you keep it on? Yes. No, you don't. You no, change the channel. So why don't mm-hmm. we change how we think? Because it is it is again the people around us, the way the people it's around us think. Believe, it's the right. way we were raised. Our, right. We 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 play the program of what our parents said to us. We play the program of what our teachers taught us. We play the program of all the friends around us, and and we stay there. And we have to say it's time to turn these programs off. The issue is a lot of times we don't know how to turn them off, and so that's why they need to talk to people like you and me. I know, I know. Go through the process of identifying yeah. what those programs are, and then we look at them and say, "Okay, what do you want instead?" So, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, that's true because physically they don't, but or it's you know actually they do. You're bad. Money made out of paper. <laughs> there is a money tree, yeah. <laughs> but the idea being is even that that little piece what you need to do or how you go about living your life to earn a living or to, you know, you can't get that better job, it'll affect how you think about in all of those areas. So we have to go and dig deep. I tell, I, you know, I, I warn people, I said, look, my job is to make you cry. And they go, what? I said, my job <laughs> is to make you cry. And they said, well, what do you mean? I said, because you will dig so deep that you'll get to a point where you'll realize what you really need and what you really want, and you'll be so happy you'll start to cry. Or you'll get to the point where you realize what it was that was sticking you, stopping you from moving forward, and, and it'll make a change. I had one client who she was having issues with her family and her husband, and we just started digging, and I said, and and she exhibited a pattern as she was talking. I said, well, when's the first time you felt like that? And she went back, and she was a teenager, and she was telling me some stuff. And I said, no, when was the first time you felt like that? And she went all the way back to she was like eight years old. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's when that belief was formed. So we worked yeah. to clear that belief from her. And then from that point on, she started making changes. That's so true. But you've got to get those those deep seated re- beliefs cleared those out. The cause or, of your yeah, well, the belief system. Right. I mean, you know, that's what something you know I we, I bring up here all the time. I've done the show by myself talking about that. We had guests that talk about that. It's it's so powerful. But I, unless we mm-hmm. grasp the concept of our own beliefs and how they dictate how we live. You know, it's going to be hard for us. It's, it's going to take practice. It's not impossible. Everything we practice right. will work. But we're going to take a short break. We're going to feature your um, your book ad. And uh, we will continue talking about all this wonderful uh, stuff with uh, my guest, Beverly Feltz-Jones. So stay tuned, please. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. thinking and speaking about what you don't have or don't want and have it continually show up in your life? Every person holds in their mind the power to shape the events of their life. Using my book, Christianity, The Law of Attraction and the One Command, you will learn 
how to change your thoughts and actions to begin living a better life now. For more information about Ms. Jones and her book, Christianity and the Law of Attraction and the One Command, visit www.commandingyourlife.com. Again, that's www.commandingyourlife.com. What a wonderful um, guest you have been, and, and I really enjoy okay. having you. And again, I wanted to tell our listeners um, to check out your book, Christianity, The Law of Attraction, and The One Command. And that is available, of course, on Amazon. I think you have it in hard copy at Barnes & Noble as well. Is, is that available there? Yeah, Barnes yeah, & okay. Noble, and there's a link on my website to get get it at Amazon, or you can order it from me, and I sign it. I'll give you a signed copy and and a and a bookmark and a couple other things. So go to the website commandingyourlife.com and check out all the stuff that Beverly had uh, mentioned. Okay, my friends, we're gonna take a short break, and when we come back, we will introduce you to our next best guest uh, um, of 2014. Some of the best of the best that I chose, Patty Gogatalk. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. Today we have a special show for you. We are looking back at 2014 and we're picking some of the best of the best of the guests that were on the show and their contribution um, to the show. And uh, before the break, you listened to Beverly Fells Jones. And uh, um, now you're going to be um, listening to Patty Gogatalk, my special, uh, my second special guest for today. And she is the author of Change of Habit, A Spiritual Journey from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vodka. Uh, Patty has a doctoral degree in educational administration. However, the most valuable lesson she has learned came from the school of hard knock so enjoy her part of the show and then we'll uh, touch base afterward so stay tuned please help me welcome our guest patty gogotalk to the show thank you so much for being here patty well, yes it's wonderful to talk to you coach Rhea, and all of your listeners blessings to you <laughs> oh all the blessing back at you too thank you so much for being here you know, we're all about inspiring here on this show, and uh, we love people like you coming in and, and, and do that. So thank you. Appreciate it. Well, it's good to oh. be here, and um, I think we have to inspire each other because we have so much to learn from each other. We don't all so have to true. go through the school of so hard true. knocks. Hopefully we learn our lessons quickly and easily and move on. Well, you know what? I always say um, it, it's interesting that you said that because my motto is, um, simplify, don't amplify. I think if we simplify things, we, we find things so much smaller that it's manageable. When we look at life, you know, it's such a big ordeal, like life is so big, it's hard for us to, uh, um, you know, to manage it. 
So for that purpose, you know, with you saying that beautifully, I really wanted to remind the listeners, you know, it, it's um, it's never, an, you know, one step and you'll be over. You got to take those small steps and you got to take them with faith and you got to look at your life, you in it. What do you want to see? What do you want to change? How would you want to live your life? And in, in taking that into um beginning, I didn't expect we, we're going to be saying that. I love that being live on the show. We're spontaneous. And, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the first thing came out, which was not written down. So um, thank you for inspiring me to say that. Now, <laughs> well, I always say if you don't like where you are in life, you can paint yourself into a new picture. But you have to do it one step at a time and reach out to people and reach in with, to yourself. So And it can be done. It sure is. And I, I think like what you're saying, you know, like you're speaking in my soul, I think we're speaking because we, we come from the same background of thinking. You know, I always say if we look at our life as, as, a, uh, as a painting, if you look at it on a canvas, right, and you yes. see it the way it is right now, you really have to be very true to yourself how you're seeing it because obviously our perception can play tricks on us, right? We we mm-hmm. if we look at, at something in one angle, we might see it in, in one way and if we change our angle we're gonna see it in a different way. So open your mind. That's one of the things that I always encourage people to open their mind to see the picture fully and see it in three D, not flat, not one D. Right. Well, there's so many of us. I mean, the way I was raised is we were raised to just live our life the way we were brought up, the way we were told, the way the church told us, our parents, um, you know, to respect authority. You had to obey. And you really didn't question too much. You just kind of went along and, you know, like I was the good girl and obeyed. And um, so never did too much reflection on my own happiness or my own journey. Because I would, you know, I didn't have very many um, opportunities to make decisions, and when I did make a decision, you know, I had to consider other people first because it wouldn't be, it would be selfish, it would be uncharitable to think of myself, and so that's kind of what my journey has been about. And I think a lot of people are the same way. We don't want to hurt people, we don't want to be selfish, but we need to know how to take care of ourselves and protect our own happiness in the meantime. You know, you you saying a lot of great points, and I encourage people to listen and listen again. You know, after the show goes archived, because we share a lot of great information on this show. That's what the show is for. And you just made a great point. You know, we have been living the norms, I guess, what we call it normal, right? Whatever, mm-hmm. you know, we come from a place of where the belief you know, that we were taught to, to live in a certain way, to be a certain somebody, to, to do certain things, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And we sort of like mold our life to be what everybody else think we should be. Um, right. But and what it, you're saying, we really don't, we shouldn't be that. We shouldn't live our life based on what somebody else think we should or what somebody else has made us believe we right. should and be. Life- is much easier. You know, as a child, life is easy if you obey and you follow the rules. But if you don't, you know, you don't make your parents happy, the school's not happy, and um, we have to learn how to swim upstream, how to have confidence in ourselves and to um, really project project out there what we want out of our life because we're each on a unique journey. Nobody else can tell me what to do. And I now know that, but I thought if I followed the rules and the rituals mm-hmm. of the church, um, this happiness would come, and I would. That's what I'm on earth for. But I've learned that that's not quite the truth. So I have to take some responsibility for the spiritual journey. 
Well, you actually have to take 100% responsibility. I love that you say that in your book, and I love how you actually hold yourself responsible for all the choices you made in your life, for mm-hmm. everything else. Because you know what? I think, you know, like you said, when we were young, we didn't know any better. And, you know, and, and, and if we didn't want to get in trouble, we just have to listen and obey, you know, right. what the adult, you know, think is right. And and uh, we just, like, grew up and, and to just kind of, like, keep, you know, molding ourselves from that place where everybody thinks this is who we are and this is how we're supposed to operate and this is how we're supposed to show and how we're always supposed to say yes and yes and yes. And, I mean, again, uh, you blow my mind about some of the stuff that I found out about you and your work. So I, I do really appreciate you. And I just have to mention, you know, because when we said, you know, from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vodka, people think well, we just, we're just here to attack the Catholic Church or Catholic nuns. We absolutely not. Just wanted to put that yeah. out there. And I know Patty, you know, right? We are not here to, to, um, um, to judge you know, uh, the religion, we're not here to judge um, the Catholic Church. But these are beliefs, these are norms, and you were part of it. Now, let me ask you this first, because you definitely, you know, you probably were asked this question many times, but um, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to ask it. <laughs> Go ahead. What was it like? <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know, that's what I am. Like, I sure. just have to tell you what's on my mind, right? Yeah. What was it like? You know, uh, being a Catholic nun, and, and, and what motivates you to join the convent? Well, what motivated me is, you know, you start, you wanted to please people. And, you know, you I wanted to please my heavenly father and my earthly father. And I thought I had a calling to be a nun. I had gone through Catholic elementary school and high school, and I admired the nuns. They were happy. They gave back. And I admired their work, and I still admire their work and still want to be of service. And so I thought, oh, this would be the, the a great thing for me. So I got in there, and um, it's very, very lonely for me. It was for me. I missed my family terribly, and um I looked at the other nuns, and they were all happy, and it kind of it, it struck me that, you know, maybe I could do this work um, of helping others and my spiritual journey without being in religious life. So, you know, and I was in the convent. I was in the Servant of Mary convent in Omaha, Nebraska, and I still consider myself a Servant of Mary, <laughs> but not quite in the organization of the religious life. But... Um, it's a wonderful calling for people who can, you know, do it, and mm-hmm. it it allows you to get out into the world, but you don't have your own family, and it was kind of lonely for me. So I kind of had to listen to that gut feeling and have the courage to leave the convent because there was a lot of guilt in leaving the convent because it was like saying no to God, and I disappointed my superiors. And so my whole book is about how to deal with um getting over the guilt from maybe making a transition from religion to more spirituality because we when I grew up you know God was there was a picture of God and he looked like a a stern judge in heaven who was sitting in mm-hmm. front of the ledger writing down what I did that was good and what I did that was bad and I had to be accountable and I didn't want to make him mad you know we gave God all these human qualities mm-hmm. um and uh, transferred it over and to our thinking of you know, but it's I don't in my spiritual journey now I realize that's not the not the case. 
You know, you said something, and you know, you you will notice I do this a lot. I pick on words that you say, and and and, and you know, you said, you know, you had that image of God being a stern judge, and and the word mm-hmm. judge to me that someone is judging me based oh, on yeah. my action, based on what I do, you know. So that to me, it's it's a man-made, like you said, man-made concept right. because to me, God is a lot bigger than a stern judge or somebody who's like wants me to be miserable so I can make him happy or her happy. Right. That's not what right. it's all about. Right? Right. That is a, and that is such a, a you know, a, a childish kind of um religious kind of thing, you know. You look in the prayer book and you see this picture and you think that's it. But you have to kind of develop your own spirituality. Your and that's why my first secret in the book is called Don't Let religion get in the way of your relationship with God because Mm. I kind of did I looked to the church and followed the rules and the rituals and all this and I thought that was it I went through the little checklist of I went to mass and said my rosary and but I was still missing something that personal connection and so I gave away my personal religious spirituality power when I just Mm kind of gave it over and did whatever they told me to do without taking that responsibility yeah, I mean, you know, see, you and I would talk off the air, and, and, you know, I told you, I mean, I went to Catholic school. There's a lot of people probably who listen to the show have gone to Catholic school. But, you know, my question to you was, then, like, you know, what made you, you know, like, how did, how did they get you, you know, to, to want to mm-hmm. join? But, you know, I mean, I, I like, again, I'm really not against anybody or against religion or whatever. But for me, since we are talking spirituality here, really, we kind of taking the religion out and, and, and really speaking from, from a place of truth because God represents everything, everything. God represents right. you, I, nature, um, everything. Everything to me, that's God. God is mm-hmm. not you know, uh, confined in, in one little, you know, definition, like, you know, whether it's Jesus or Muhammad or, 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 or stirring judge or whatever it is. That's not what God represents to people like ourselves who, who see, like, beyond, you know, the beliefs and beyond the habits and beyond the norms and beyond the guilt. You know, so it must have been a really huge burden on you, you know, to actually feel the guilt. And, and I mean, you know, can you, like, Summarize those feelings, those emotions a little bit. Well, the guilt comes from um, the way we were raised, the way I was raised. You know, you're kind of raised to be perfect. And if you weren't perfect, there was confession to go to so you could absolve these so-called sins. So you're raised to be perfect. You're raised to please people. Um, And you kind of perform and... And you kind of go this, go through these actions without much. I did without much reflection, and so hmm. the guilt comes. So not only from the church, but from the culture. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at our society. I pick up the books on my my magazines on the coffee table, and it says like the ten best doctors in Phoenix or the top five restaurants in you know San Francisco. Everything, like you said, Rhea, is being judged. Mm-hmm. We just can't Labeled. be accepted. So the the guilt comes from that, of trying mm-hmm. to be, you don't want to let anybody down. You want to hit that standard. You want to be mm-hmm. in that top ten. You want to be the perfect attendance or the valedictorian um, <clears throat> or the best. Or You don't want to make a mistake. In the Cosmopolitan magazine, oh, I want to say 30 years ago, there was an, an article by a woman, and it was the title of it is, What is Right?, with Mr. Wrong. Mm-hmm. 
and it was about a woman in her forties <laughs> who had not mm-hmm. married. And at that time, if you didn't have children by the time you were 30, something was wrong with you, you know. Thank goodness we've moved beyond that. But she Mm -hmm. took her life, and she looked at it, and each man, she said, if I hadn't been for Paul, I would never have gotten to enjoy the opera. If I hadn't been with Steve, I would never learn to have um, ridden a motorcycle. So she looked back at all these Mr. Wrong people, all these mistakes, so-called, in her life, and she fit them into her life, making her what she is. And yeah. I thought, what a healthy attitude to take these mm-hmm. missteps and turn them into stepping stones. And that's what I'm trying to do now with changing that mindset, change, changing that whole paradigm that it's okay to fall. That's how we learn to walk. And it's okay to, to fail as long as we get up and we learn something and move on. So that's yeah. where the guilt comes mm-hmm. from. Right, right. You know, I mean, there's so much judgment and so much like, you know, I mean, every day, you know, it's it's whether how you respond to these judgment. I mean, I, I posted something today on Facebook that was just, you know, I, I always have like some kind of curiosity about things. And, you know, I said, when you look at yourself in, in, in a photo or in a video, right, because this is something mm-hmm. that happened just recently, you know, where I this came up. What do you see? Do you see yourself from the eyes of others, or do you see yourself just the way you are from your own perspective? If you see, if you see yourself from the eyes of other, others, you are giving them the permission to judge you. However, when you see yourself from your own perspective, who you are and what you see is all up to you. Right. And I think and, we are so hard on ourselves. We judge mm-hmm. ourselves. I mm-hmm. give everybody else a break. Everybody else is slack, you know, but I'm tough on myself. Like even when when I'm cooking, you know, we'll mm-hmm. call for a, a teaspoon of crushed garlic. Well, if I get the can of garlic out, that little jar in the refrigerator that's already prepared, that's already done, I feel guilty that I didn't prepare it, that I didn't go through all the steps of buying the bulb of garlic and peeling it and chopping it and crushing it because I thought, you know, that's probably the way it should be done. <laughs> that word because should. See, so that's why you you were raised to believe in that. So, like, even on the simplest things like that, it's so hard yes. to break away from the norm. Yes. Exactly. Wow. I mean, we were raised to do it. You know, if you can't do it right, then don't do it at all. That 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 feeling. Right. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, we are our worst, you know, um, and that's why, I mean, I, I believe in your book, which is really kind of, you know, the fact that you hold a responsibility and the fact that I just shared what I, what I wrote, it really comes back to you. You are in control. you got to make that you got to step in your own place where you are right now and own it, first of all, own where you are and realize you are not what other things of you, you are not whatever, and don't judge yourself. Because That's it. You have to step in. You just have to step into yourself, like you said, Ria, with self-love. It is mm-hmm. not selfish to love yourself and to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, you don't have anything to give everybody else. You know. But the, um, you know, you have to, you have to take care of yourself. I mean, you just otherwise you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to please people. And, and at the end of your life. You didn't live your own life. There is a book out that is written. Um, it's the biggest regrets of your life. It's a Hay House book, and mm-hmm. uh, the author is a woman. She's a Hay. Uh, she's a hospice nurse in Australia, and she writes about the the dying patients and their biggest regrets. And the, one of the biggest regrets of everybody 
on their dying bed <laughs> is that they didn't live life for themselves. They their lived way. it for others. It's and not, I think that, that if really everybody sad. looks at it, you look back yeah. at your life and what did you regret? And it, mm-hmm. that's kind of sad to think that you didn't live it for yourself because you, we have one life and we, you know, we don't well, want to squander it. <laughs> right, right. You know, worry about this lifetime, even if you believe in other lives, you know. Just exactly. worry about this, Well, not worry. I mean, work on this lifetime. And, 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 you know, I mean, I know, you know what, it's really it's a lot of time I have to pause and, and say this out loud so let them realize nothing can happen overnight. It's a work in progress. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, Patty had gone through the transformation, had gone through her journey, and that's why her book is a great resource for you, A Change of Habit. It's a really good resource book for me, Patty. I found it to be really very helpful because even though you're sharing your own private, you know, self a little bit mm-hmm. in it, um, you're really taking us on that journey to that transformation about like the guilt, about the feeling of being defeated, about feeling like, you know, okay, so now what do I do and how would I get over that guilt? And then right. you found the solution. So, uh, you know, so my question is to you, when did you actually know it's time to change the habit? It's, it, it's a gradual uh, an awareness of, you know, and it comes with honest reflection, and it has to be honest because I don't think I was even honest with myself. People would, and this, you know, after the convent of seven years, then I got into a marriage that failed after 12 years. And I knew the day I walked down the aisle that it didn't feel right, but I didn't at that time listen to my gut feel, and I just did what I thought should be done. You know, at that point, my two younger sisters were married and having kids, and so... Here I was, the ugly duckling, older sister, not married, no kids, you know, kind of looking like society's cast off, that something's wrong with you, if you, you know. So I go down the aisle and get married. and So all through the marriage, I, as a good Catholic woman, try to make it happen and try to make everybody happy and keep it together, which I did. And people would come up and say, "How are, are you okay? And I go, oh, I'm fine. Are you, are you okay? Fine. I wasn't really honest with myself. Because I didn't have the emotional tools or whatever I needed. I wasn't quite ready at that time to make the move to be happy. So you kind of put yourself in denial that you're happy. And so physically I got down to, you know, like 100 pounds, and I looked very sickly. And I then, like I said, you look in the mirror and you say, my gosh, something is wrong. I have to do something. And at that mm-hmm. point, what do you do? I'm a good Catholic woman. We're Eucharistic ministers. It's like... We don't, the church didn't believe in divorce. So then again, more guilt. Mm-hmm. So you can see how it just kind of Well, because you get trapped into that cycle. That's what happened. Because you got trapped in that cycle, and what you're doing is just spinning in that cycle. Like That's imagine right. yourself, yeah, well, unless you, you shut off that, the, 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 you know, where it is, that you're going to keep on spinning, and you're going to keep repeating. Other things are going to track you back into that guilt and into all those old habits and, and, and you know, follow follow the beliefs and follow the norms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's um, do you have anything, would you like to read anything from the book? Because I think your book is amazing. And if you have it in front of you, we'd love to hear something that you think well, is. I just chose a little paragraph at the end because all through the book I'm looking to God for, you know, some direction and praying to him like, God, where are you? Help me with this. Help me with that. So I'm at the altar, 
and my husband now, Joe, and I are getting married, and I'm standing at the altar, and I have this is it. It says, closing my eyes, I prayed once again. Where are you, God? It's me again, Patty. Thank you. Yes, Patty, I am here with you like always. A deep voice within me seemed to answer. I have been the knot in your stomach, the tears in your eyes, the red-bitten lip, the lilt in your step, and the pounding of your heart. While you were busy looking for me in rites, rituals, and rules, I was here all along on the inside. Mm. I've been with you every step of the way. As God spoke, sheer contentment washed over me, and the tears that I held back now flowed. Mm-hmm. And that was at the altar. Beautiful. Beautifully said. It's really beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue with Patty, the amazing Patty, and her inspiration story in her book, and we will be right back. So please stay tuned. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. After spending seven years as a Catholic nun and 12 years of failed marriage, Patty Gorkatan began to listen to her heart she found the courage and gave herself the permission to live her life on her own terms. Patty has a doctoral degree. However, the most valuable lessons she has learned came from the school of hard knocks. Patty Gogatak presents A Change of Habit, a book of hope and inspiration from conforming to the convent and struggling for survival to breaking the barriers and changing the habits. A change of habit will inspire you to break away from guilt and learn to embrace change. Patty invites you to enjoy her journey of discovery and learn a secret that she has collected along the way. The seven secrets to guilt-free living. A change of habit is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And for more information, please visit www. Okay, my friends, welcome back, and thanks again for listening, whether you're listening to the show live or archived. Much love to you guys, and remember, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air, available for you to download right here on this link, also in the iTunes podcast section, and of course, on the Stitcher app, and soon to be on iHeart. So much love to you guys for your support in every avenue that you listen to the show and support it. Here is more from Patty Gogatalk and some of the amazing stuff she shared with me on the show. Every night as I lay in bed, my one of my final little thoughts is, you know, my value and self-worth is inherent. I am not constrained by what I accomplish and by time. So it relaxes my shoulders and I can go to sleep. When, when I realize that I am inherently a wonderful child of God or of this universe, it doesn't matter what I accomplish and what I don't. If you, from where you stand in right now, Patty Gogatak, you look at Sister Mary Kateri, and you don't know her, what would you tell her? I would tell her to follow her heart and not be so fearful. I think fear 
I was motivated at that time by fear. And gradually, and it doesn't happen overnight, you learn that, you know, the universe really will take care of you and you are part of that divine universe with our, you know, our immortal divine self that we have, our soul, and to trust it. But definitely mm. lose the definitely lose the fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, these are the two major emotions that we experience in our life, fear and love. And whatever, where we come, we tip the scale when we go on one side versus the other. But you really, you'll be better if you tip the scale toward love versus fear. Um, fear can protect us. Fear is there for a reason. And uh, you should be grateful that you have that emotion because it can save your life. But you shouldn't allow fear to dictate how you should live your life. Well, and I always say, and it's fear is like guilt, and I compare guilt to electricity. A little electricity is good. It can light your home, <clears throat> eat mm-hmm. your food, that's true. but too much of it can kill you. And that's, that's like true. fear and guilt. Too much of it is um, paralyzing. So true. And, again, thank you so much. You've been a great guest, and, and it was really a pleasure having you on and sharing, you know, yourself and your book with you. Again, A Change of Habit is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can also go to www.pattygogatalk.com. And, uh, of course, I encourage you to go to the to her website anyway so you can check out all the good stuff that she has there, her blogs, and, and uh, um, you can sign for that. Thank you so much. Any last uh, things you want to say before we go up there? Just to protect your happiness, go out and have a wonderful day, and blessings to everybody. Thank you so much again. Take care. We'll see okay, you again. Okay, thanks, Bye, everybody. Bye-bye now. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Okay, my friends, that concludes our um, best of the best of 2014 on your Life Now radio show, part one. And uh, look forward for uh, next week, special two special guests again um, that we will be featuring from our 2014 best of the best. Until then, my friends, be amazing. Much love to all of you guys. And remember, contact us if you are an inspired a guest, um, author who would like to share their inspiration on the show. Contact us at yourlifenow.info. Again, that's www.yourlifenow.info. Much love. Stay amazing. All the best.